Shut up and sit down. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. We are bringing you episode 46 of The Quiet Part Loud today and on location on the face of the sun. Um, it is so fucking hot and I don't want to complain because we know what English weather's like and we know what English people are like complaining about the weather and I don't want to complain because we finally got some tropical weather on the island but it's been two weeks, three weeks almost of like 27, 28 and upwards and Again, I'm not complaining, but it's fucking hot. <laughs> there is an absolute heat wave across the globe, it seems, but it is hitting London, and English people are just not prepared to deal with it. And the services in the city are like coming to you from London, in, in all seriousness, obviously. Um, the city doesn't seem to be able to deal with it. You know, I'm expecting the rubber on the tires to start melting pretty soon and the tarmac to start you know kind of giving way and and becoming soft because it's it is super super hot and if you hear a fan in the background that's why um if there's a little distortion or something i'll check the audio after we're done but um i think today it's 33 but it's it's a dead heat and Dead heat's the worst because if there's no breeze whatsoever to take that little edge off, it's just murderous. Um, I'm just speaking facts on it. I don't want to complain about it because you, in a heartbeat, it'll seem like and it'll be gone. Um, I wonder if this is what we can get used to going forward. Uh, I got an ice Americano going. I got three fans in the house going. Um, I was going to invest in an air conditioner, but you don't expect it to last for a month. Uh, but looking back on it, it would have been a smart investment because I've gone through almost the same amount in fans. I've spent almost as much as it would have cost me to get an air conditioner in the place as I have done on fans. So uh, next year, if there's any sign of this, the first thing I'll be doing is, um, is buying a unit for the house. Uh, in all seriousness, having grown up in Canada, these summers at these temperatures were a lot more frequent than they have been in the UK. I mean, I don't remember it this hot ever. I've been in, in London now 11 years going on and have not experienced anything like this. So in all seriousness, you know, I don't want to complain about the heat because I love it personally. I, I, you know, I know some cultures around the world you know, if you see uh, some of the Asian tourists and stuff, the Chinese tourists or the Japanese tourists, they'll have umbrellas and it's being adopted more widely, obviously, from a protectionist point of view, but they do it from a cultural point of view because having a tan is seen to being like a manual laborer, not, not being successful. Uh, and that's why they keep their skin pale. But for me, I fucking, I love the heat. I love being out there. I got to be careful because I got a bald head and I got to I gotta lather up the sun suntan lotion, um, the sunscreen, but I love it. I love it. I don't like it hot when I sleep though. That's my only beef. I need a little bit of a breeze when I sleep because it's just fucking unbearable at the moment. Um, but I love it. I don't want it to go away. I'd rather it be like this than be rainy. But you have to be careful especially older people and children. The babies out there must be so uncomfortable. Um, but the older people, it's so important that everybody stays hydrated and avoid things like going on the tube at all costs if you can. Seriously, you'd be better off walking from station to station if you're in the middle of the city. I know it's hot, but if you leave yourself enough time, it's better than going on the underground. I was on the central line this morning and I didn't have a thermometer, I should have, but it had to be creeping up 45, if not more, down there. It's unhealthy, it's unsafe. There's barely a fan to speak of, so if you don't stand by the back of a carriage when it's, or the front of a carriage that's moving forward so you get that breeze, 
which is not good to be inhaling anyways, but that's your only respite down there. You have to carry water, guys. So if anybody's listening to this, we're expected to get, I think they said another two weeks of it, and it's only going to stay around this temperature. So 30, 30 degrees or there or thereabouts, you know, a little bit less, a little bit more, give or take. Um, but you have to stay hydrated, stay indoors, keep the blinds closed. There's, there's certain things you can do in the hot weather if you don't have an air conditioner, if you can't afford to have an air conditioner, if you don't have one because it's sold out or whatever, yours is broken. You know, get your fans turned on, but close all of your windows. Close all of your windows and close all of your blinds or your curtains. Make it dark. Get the air flowing, and if you can, push the air in a like in an airflow manner. Like have have one dragging it out of the room. Like have it circulating through the house. You can develop like an airflow through the house. Um, if you have like a floor-mounted fan or something that can be pointed up to the up to the roof, do that. Point it up to the roof because the hot air will rise and then slowly fill the room by pressing it down. But if you're pointing your airflow up there, I don't know, it just seems to work. It seems to cool the whole room down. So that's another option. Another option if you wanna stay cool is take a hand towel and soak it with water and then wring it out. Wring it out, make sure it's not dripping, you can't wring out anymore, just so it's wet to feel. Then stick it in the freezer. In an hour, you're gonna have something that you can unravel, mold around your neck or your legs or put across your chest, uh, put it over your head, whatever you wanna do, under your armpits, you know, between your thighs, whatever you wanna do. Um, but it's a really, really handy, handy solution uh, to bringing the heart rate down, bringing the body and the core temperature down because that's all it is, right? You can get heat stroke just by constantly being hot all the time. So be careful, guys. There are ways you can you can beat this heat travel outside either first thing in the morning or in the evening where you can skip the peak times and if you can work from home do it find a quiet place get the fans on do some of the other things that i mentioned and just don't overbook yourself don't don't give yourself too too much stuff to do um some solutions you can do get you know get ice trays fill them up you know i've i drink a lot of water and the water that's even the cold water that's coming out of the tap at the moment is piss warm it's like bath water so if you've got those ice cubes ready to go it just takes that little bit of an edge off so if you don't have you know a full industrial air conditioner set up or your house is you know becoming hotter and hotter and hotter if you live in a flat and you've got those facing windows and you're, you know, I used to live on the uh, on the eighth floor of an apartment building in London, and without this heat, it was unbearable on some days. I can only imagine what some people are going through. So, just take care of yourself. Enjoy this because it's going to be gone in a minute. You should definitely be enjoying it um, in moderation, with protection on your skin for sure. But um, buy a kiddie pool. If you go to Sainsbury's and buy a little kiddie pool, or Asden, buy a little kiddie pool. Even if you can go out there with some cold water, throw some ice cubes in it if you don't have uh, access to a hose pipe. Go and dip your feet in. Bring your core temperature down a couple of degrees. It'll cost you like seven quid from Sainsbury's. Little things will take the edge off. Um, but we've got at least a couple more weeks is what they're saying of this. And they're not forecasting rain. So... I know it's difficult um, and I've seen signs out where people are asking for water for their plants and things like that. And if you got it, okay, share it for sure. Um, but there are things you can be doing at home with that water that you can, that can help take the edge off, especially if you've got elderly people living with you or little children um, that are getting very kind of flustered by the heat. Uh, do that. People that suffer from anxiety, slow down, slow down. Don't do, don't do too, too much. Um, try to take it easy. Work in uh, spurts. Try to get up a little bit earlier, you know? Try to get the day going when it's still cool and do as much as you can so when it gets hot, you're not frazzled and wondering what you're going to be doing um, and how you're going to get through. And don't let, you know, because you start to overheat, you start to panic, 
and things just go downhill from there. So stay positive, man. Enjoy it, but be smart. Don't be in a rush when you're on the underground. Fucking people, chill out. Relax. I still see people fucking bumping and being aggressive. We're all struggling through this shit together. So take it easy. Take it easy. But utilize some of those tips, guys, because they help. Um, a particular favorite of mine is the towel, the wet towel in the freezer. Um, just something the size of like a dish towel, like a hand towel, you know? Something that if you wrap it around your neck, it would act like a, like a neck pillow, that kind of thing. You could do that. It's, um, it's surprisingly effective. And pointing the fan at the roof if you can, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty effective too. But keep things closed. Don't let the hot air come in. Because if the hot air comes in, it's just going to hit the roof and start filling down. You don't want that. So enjoy it. I see the beaches are packed, obviously. Um, all of the parks and whatnot, they're all packed, and that's fantastic. Um, but just, just be mindful. Drink water. You need liters of water in this weather, man. I'm going through about fucking six, seven liters of water a day. Granted, a lot of that is with my exercise and things like that, but still, I'm, I'm constantly drinking it because it's hot. You got to. You got to. But anyways, I hope you're enjoying it and I hope you're staying safe um, and I hope you're getting used to it because we got, we got another fortnight of this shit, um, but I love it. I'm, this is the, the most tan I've had in, in, in a couple of years, so this is great um, and I've got access to a hosepipe, so my fucking plants are loving it. And the garden's exploding. My cucumbers are coming in. My striped tomatoes are coming in. My courgettes are coming in. My kale's been growing in. My peppers are coming through. It's doing great. Everything is doing great. Well, not everything. Some things are dead. I'm pulling some things and replanting. So anyways, um, moving on. We got to talk about some shit because there's some shit that's been going on, right? The first thing I want to touch on today is um, is a bit of a, is a is, it's based on a report that came out uh, I think yesterday or the day before um, in regards to the amount of children in the UK that are actually on antidepressants and prescription medication. And they're estimating now that it's almost a million kids. And that's a 15% uptick. In three years, 15% growth of kids under 18 being prescribed prescription drugs for things like depression or mood swings or, you know, whatever other behavioral things kids under 18 have to deal with and go through on a daily basis. It's called adolescence, right? But we're up around the million kid mark of children under 18 that are being given these drugs. What do you think that is doing to their physiology? What do you think that is doing to their, their cognitive ability, their confidence, their ability to socialize and interact properly when you've got them living in a fucking dream state before their, their brains are fully developed? I just wish that we could look at some of the issues surrounding children more pragmatically rather than just being a band-aid solution type of society which is what <coughs> so rude so rude to slurp the drink on the podcast especially when you're talking about this <laughs> sorry um, we don't look at we don't look at it as solving the problem we look at just dealing with the problem like managing the problem. That's what antidepressants are. They're, they're a, they're a band-aid solution, right? It's a numbing effect in a, in a sort of way. And you'll get testimonials on the good. You'll get testimonials on the bad. And I'm sure that there is a place for these uh, medications in moderation. But the way they hand them out like fucking Tic Tacs is disgusting. And it's a clear sign of the kind of the 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 toxic relationship that pharmaceutical companies and the medical community have with one another um i just wish we would look at 
as I was saying, I wish we were looking at the issues surrounding children more pragmatically in terms of not just feeding them Tic Tacs to solve the issue or cover the, cover the issue up because all we're doing is making it worse in the long run, right? You're creating a bunch of heroin addicts. You're creating, you're creating a, a, an opioid epidemic that's going to hit you in 10 years or 15 years. That's what you're doing. You're not solving any problems by prescribing antidepressants to children. Quite the opposite, in my opinion. So when I talk about the pragmatism that could be used in terms of looking at the issues around children or the youth, those under 18, I talk about things like diet, things like exercise, things like social initiatives and community programs. I talk about family dynamics. I talk about uh, teen pregnancy, which I know is on the low or uh, kind of on the drop and, and, and on the decrease, decline, whatever you want to fucking call it. I understand that. But still pragmatically looking at all of these different areas, social media influence, um, quality of education. All of these things have plenty to do with the issue surrounding children. The solution is therefore not just to say, here, take this three times a day or whatever and just numb it out. That just creates a bigger systemic problem. And so if we addressed things like diet, things like exercise, things like community initiatives and extracurricular activities for these kids to engage in, I see kids on the bus at eight in the morning in their school uniforms eating uh, potato chips. They're eating a bag of crisps at fucking eight in the morning for breakfast. Washing it down with a Red Bull, but not even a Red Bull, some knockoff brand of a Red Bull. This is how they start their day? What are all the other things attached to that? Because if I have a child, which I don't, so, you know, I'm preaching from my, my fucking soapbox here with, you know, no practical experience, so fucking sue me, I don't know anything. Um, I'm just saying, if I had a child, they would never leave the house with that being a consideration for their diet. My child won't drink Red Bulls. You fucking kidding me? That shit is poison. I see 11 year olds, 12 year olds in their school uniform. And this is how they start their day. So they start their day like shit, which, you know, if you're eating that for breakfast, I can only imagine the house you just came out of. So now you started your day on that tip and now you're expected to go and pay attention. You're not gonna get good results in the education, so then you're not gonna feel good about it. Then you're gonna get shit at home, potentially, or not, and it'll just be a cycle of behavior. Like, antidepressants are not the fucking solution here. It's as simple as that. And the fact that we've got a million of our kids popping these pills daily, that's a fucking problem. That's a massive fucking problem. And we can definitely do better. You should not be able to give prescription medication for these types of issues, in my opinion, to kids under that age, under the age of 18. I just think it's... It should be a very, very last draw. It should be a last measure, measure. It should be something that if all else fails, okay, maybe we'll try it. There should not be a million kids in this country on fucking pills that are given to them legally. I'm just saying. So, Again, there are a number of things to be considered with this. And it makes me want to kind of reach out and touch each of these different aspects and kind of dig into them. But 
I think that's probably for another show. You know, are we going to dig into what's wrong with the educational community? Are we going to dig into what's wrong with the family dynamic in this country? Are we going to have a conversation realistically about teen pregnancy in this country? Are we honestly going to talk about diet? We've talked about it a little bit. But like all of these subjects, they, they deserve their own nuance and their own time committed to them. And unfortunately, I'm not going to do a two-hour uh, show today. So I don't want to give those things the attention. I want to call them out for sure, but I don't want to go into them unless I can go into them, if that makes sense. But I think we can do a lot better. I think we can start with the basics by looking at what they're eating and what they're actually spending their time doing limiting their output and their input of social media for sure is one. Um, going down these just waste of time holes that they do with some of the content creators online is just, it's horrible. Horrible. False idols, man, for these kids. Terrible. Anyways. I think we can look at it more pragmatically than just giving a bunch of prescriptions. And I think it's disgraceful that the health department in this country isn't doing something about it and isn't standing up to the pharmaceutical companies and the doctors that are prescribing them and holding people accountable because they're doing the diligence necessary to investigate these issues and come up with pragmatic solutions. There, done. Done with that. I want to talk about Trump and I want to talk about the UFC. That's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the fact that... What do we do first? I want to talk about the fact that... Trump is... Such a degenerate cocksucker. I don't know how many times we're going to cover this prick probably a lot more because it's just one thing after another. We've touched on the North Korea situation before. So I want you guys just to remember that in terms of what the word denuclearization in this context means. And then I want you to understand that if you're seeing reports on television of North Korea dismantling nuclear facilities or test sites, it's probably not legitimate. And if, if it is legitimate that they're destroying them, the ones that they're destroying are probably not very important. I'm just going to put that there, okay? But what Trump did to North Korea, he's now doing to Iran. He pulled out of the Iran nuclear agreement Obviously, Iran had something to say about that. But just over the past couple of days, in response to a statement made by uh, Romani, I think it is, Trump basically said, if you ever threaten America again, like he screamed it in a text, or he screamed it on a tweet, whoever threaten America again, you'll feel the wrath of the world. Remember what he said to North Korea, basically. But he's doing this just as a distraction piece, right? Because Paul Manafort's trial, up until the fact that it was rescheduled, postponed, so his team could have more time, that was supposed to be this week. So you see what he was doing, right? He was just trying to distract Oh, and also because he knew that these tapes were coming out. Right? Which I don't know how this has happened because this is a sneaky motherfucker and I would have thought that attorney-client privilege would have completely stopped this from happening and completely held the lawyer accountable if he did something like he's done. So... Let's just caveat my disgust with Trump with an equal amount of disgust from Michael Cohen, right? This guy's a piece of shit, categoric. 
Michael Cohen is a dirty cocksucker, right? Taping his clients? And now because he's in the shit, he's releasing some of these tapes? I mean, okay, they're, you know, they're, um, they're being raided or they're being compiled by, uh, by whoever it is, the FBI or whatever. But they're saying that like Cohen released this one or something like that. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But either way, it's basically him taping a conversation with Trump about paying off a porn star. And this is two months before the election. So it would violate campaign finance laws. That's what they're looking at, right? This is the, I think this is like the equivalent of we can't catch him in the act so we'll get him for tax evasion, how they do mobsters and shit. It's kind of like that. If we can't catch him in the act, then we're going to use this this law over here that we can prove, which is kind of catching him in the act, I, I suppose. But I just want to caveat that I got no love for Michael Cohen. I think this guy's a dirty bastard. And I think he's a scumbag. But if it corrects a huge glitch, glitch in the matrix, that being the current president, then I'm not necessarily against that. And that questions my ethics, right? My, uh, my morality. Okay, maybe. But he's clearly a liar. He's clearly corrupt. He's clearly lo losing his mind and he's clearly unfit for office. I mean, I don't know how many times to explain it but I'm gonna keep doing it because as our listeners grow, more people are gonna hear an honest message about this guy because like I've said before, just cause he's an outsider, I actually like that, but I don't like him. There's nothing about him that is likable. There's nothing about him that is selfless. There's nothing really about him that's honest. And I can't get down with people like that. And I've looked back at documentaries featured about him, stories written about him. He's, he's equally a piece of shit. So it's great to see this exposed because there's no way you're going to get an honest answer from Trump on anything. And the guy's completely unhinged, case in point, the tweet that he sends out about Iran, about his press conference with Russia, which he, as predicted, walked back, then walked forward, then walked back again, and now has walked it forward. I mean, what are we doing here? We'll see how the midterms go, I suppose, but it just all feels a bit like it's crumbling. I don't know if it feels like that to anybody else, but I mean, I'm watching the press briefing with Sarah Sanders and I mean, again, I'm not a licensed psychologist or behavioralist or any of this sort of thing, but you can kind of tell on her face that she's cracking that she's having a hard time even swallowing these bullshit lies now. I mean, you can see in her face. You can see in her face. Again, I'm not a professional, but I know what I see. And I wonder if she'll just stop showing up one day. You know, she's a bit deep in the political uh, landscape and political family, old school politics. I mean, look who her dad is. But it's like, you can see it on the administration's face. Mike Pompeo, you can see it on his face. I mean, he's a fucking patsy. Sarah Sanders, she can barely hold the lie up anymore. 
under scrutiny from reporters. And kudos for the reporters finally taking uh, a page out of my advice book. Not that they were listening, but I did call for solidarity amongst the press where it was fragmented. And now they seem to be doing that at least a little bit, following up on people's questions so they can get an answer, giving way so that when Sarah Sanders tries to move on, they allow their colleague to push back and get a response. Kudos. Fantastic. That's what you should have been doing the whole fucking time. You'll all get the right story. Just band together and keep the pressure on. For this and any future administrations. But it just seems to be... I mean, the Keebler elves up there are spouting God knows what. Fucking Jeff Sessions. Good people don't smoke weed. You know referring to Bible verses in terms of his immigration policy. Excuse me? What the fuck? Like, separation between uh, church and state? Does that ring a bell at all? I mean, the shit that's going on is just bananas, really. I mean, you got a white dude that's got no charges filed against him for fucking shooting a black dude over a parking space dispute. And they're calling it no charges because it's stand your ground law. Have you seen the fucking video? I mean, Jesus. America, land of the free, home of the brave, number one this, best of this. Go fuck yourself. As a cesspool waiting to fucking explode with a virus, man. It's just... Don't get me wrong, there's tons of good stuff about America. Don't get me wrong. I'm just talking institutionally. No, I'm not just talking institutionally. The people there are fucked up too. Because if you can put a cocksucker like him in office, fuck all you guys. Fuck all you guys. How about that? I'm all for Republican and Democrat, whatever you want. Personally, I think they're fucking redundant. But nevertheless, if you need to identify yourself, you know through party politics, you know, have at it. Who the fuck am I to say anything? But, country first. Country first. Good to the people first. Institutionally, you're in a meltdown crisis. Socially, you've never been more divided. And there's nothing with the identity politics, political, you know, uh, party politics, there's nothing showing signs of any cohesion internally and then look externally what your leader's doing. Driving a wedge between you and everybody that you have been friends with for a century or more. And playing nicey-nicey with fucking shitheads of the world? The fuck are we doing here? So yeah, if you fuckers let this happen again, I'm out. I'm out. Everybody's watching you guys. Put down your shit for half a second and just think of the collective success. Trump's just had to give the farmers $12 billion because a month after he installed these tariffs on his allies... The farmers are going broke. A $12 billion payout relief fund for the farmers because the tariffs are hitting them too hard. It's been a month. It's been a month. So if that's not his base, I don't know who the fuck is. Are they going to say thanks very much for the bailout? I'd be saying, when's the next one coming? Or what are you going to do to stop having to bail us out? Where's the coverage on that? I'm not seeing any coverage on this. So if you do this again, or even if you let a fucking majority back in, 
You've got a chance in the mid midterms to change that. And I very, very much, in fact, let me speak on behalf of most of the world. We hope you guys sort it out. Because the look on everybody's faces in that administration says, listen, can somebody just get us out of here? They're, they're praying for you guys to get them out of there. So do that. And let's stop with this fucking foolishness. Because despite what is going on there, we still like you. We still like you. Even though we're going to tell you to go fuck yourself right now, we still like you. We just want you guys to make it right. That's all. And we got a lot of fixing to do here in the UK and we're working on it. We're fucking working on it. Theresa May saying she's going to do all the Brexit negotiations herself. Get ready for another referendum, guys. This thing's not going anywhere. She's so useless. Boris's farewell speech. Pretty good, actually. Pretty good, actually. But we're in very uncertain times, which is why I want you to get outside and enjoy the fucking sunshine. Grab yourself a nice cap or a nice Americano black, in my case. Lather that pasty white skin up with some sunscreen and go for a little tan on your lunch hour or in the evening or whenever the hell you can get outside. Just go outside and enjoy it. And don't worry about the chaos for half a minute. Obviously when you're listening to this, front and center, but if you can hear me getting up, by the way, that's just because I'm sticking to the, to the chair. Yeah, <laughs> gross. Um, what the fuck else do we want to talk about? I mean, I could go on for, for a minute on, on the Tangerine Queen, but let's talk about the UFC. Let's talk about the UFC. Oh, yeah, actually. <laughs> oh, I hope you guys are watching the new um, Sasha Baron Cohen show because it's called This Is, uh, it's called uh, Who Is America? And it is fantastic. It's fantastic. A little bit labored at some points, but the type of admissions you get, the type of content that you get from these retards that have no understanding about anything and just fall for whatever he puts in front of them is uh, is a thing to watch. I mean, he had this, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh yeah, he's uh, David Ralston. Oh God, he was on the show I watched last night, episode two. And well, he basically got this guy to scream out the N-word as a form of uh, defense against an oncoming attacker. Uh, he got the man to expose himself uh, by pulling his pants down and twerking his ass backwards towards a victim, uh, towards an attacker holding a gun, uh, whilst also screaming um, USA or America motherfucker or the N-word over and over and over again. <laughs> so, he's a lawmaker. He was a, uh, he was a speaker of the house. Uh, uh, he was a Georgia house speaker. I don't know if that's the same thing, but uh, either way, he has resigned. <laughs> he has resigned. And the first one, the first episode of that show, saw another, he's now a radio host. I don't know if he's a, if he's a lawmaker or a politician. I think he's an ex-politician. But basically he got him, he, Sasha Baron Cohen got this guy to read out on television that they should, that America should arm um, four-year-olds with guns so they can protect schools from school shootings. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. And the only ones that don't really get caught out on it so far, and maybe this is a, a, a leaning, a political leaning of the show and its creators and so on and so forth. But the only ones they've shown really that haven't been fooled by him is Bernie Sanders and uh, Ted Koppel. Was it Ted Koppel or Dan Rather? One of those two were on it last night and uh, both of them basically called him on his bullshit. But uh, everybody else... Everybody else seems to uh, seems to fall victim 
to his uh, to his new character and the shenanigans. But it's a good show. Check it out. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, what else? Oh yeah, Last Chance Use on. Check that shit out. New school, same craziness. Uh, but the coach this time is a white boy from Compton, uh, who was a, a college football player. Uh, big old boy, fat ass, crazy, um, but fantastic. Great, great series. Uh, smashed it out in uh, in a few evenings, and it's very, very good. It's well worth a watch. They do another episode, a singular episode, uh, which is like a look back on the previous. It's like an update, like what have they been doing since type of thing. But season three is all about um, Independence. Is it Independence, Missouri? think it's independence missouri little state school this guy basically comes over and recruits a bunch of people that he's uh coached before turns this unknown unsuccessful team into uh into a legit power in the conference and uh got them nationally ranked etc etc i'm not gonna give it away you can check it out yourself that's on netflix and it's well well worth a watch as are the other seasons if you haven't seen them but, you know, Netflix more and more is becoming like, I don't want to be spoiled for choice in the way Netflix are giving it to me. If that makes sense. Like, there just seems to be so much shit to wade through that unless they give specific spotlight to things or their algorithm gets it right, which it rarely does, let's be honest, um, gives you a little gem here and there. Otherwise, you're just searching. You're just completely searching. And I spend more time searching and then end up satisfied, like just settling on something. Amazon Prime is better in my instance. However, there are certain things that Netflix smashes, like obviously they did House of Cards, uh, which is amazing. Um, they do Last Chance You, which is amazing. Um, some of their comedy specials that they give out are fantastic. Um, you know, there are, there are some things on Netflix that are, that are really, really good. Um, but again, there's just so much garbage on there. Um, whereas Amazon prime, again, they have some really good originals. They've got all or nothing, which is the NFL version, uh, of, of last chance you, which is great. Um, they've got some other stuff on there as well. They've got throwback like Seinfeld's on there, uh, every season, but one for some reason, because they got to charge you for something, right? Um, it's not enough that you're paying a hundred fucking dollars a month or a hundred dollars a year for Amazon Prime, which, oh, by the way, I bought a fan that was on Prime and it arrived four days later, so suck my dick. Um, it's not enough that you're paying a membership fee. It's like, oh, we're not going to give you all the content. We're just going to give you some of the content. We give you most of the content, but fuck you if you want it all. Pay me, right? It's the Goodfellas thing. Fuck you, pay me. Want the whole series? Fuck you, pay me. So, I don't think season two is on there, season three. And I have a feeling that's when the Soup Nazi episode was on. But, anyways. Um, but I just feel like if you want to get good, high-quality movies from the past, as a library, Amazon Prime's way better. Like, Heat's on there. Um, there's a bunch of shit on there. And if you do want to purchase content, which you can't on Netflix, if you do want to purchase content, they basically have everything that you you can imagine on Amazon Prime. So if it's not on there, which again, even their Prime subscription, there's a ton of content on there, really good content. If there's something that you want to watch, you'd probably find it there and buy it or rent it. So Netflix doesn't even have that option. And... Yeah, I just feel like with services like Apple TV, um, with Amazon Prime, Netflix needs to be slightly more discerning. It seems like they're just trying to be a vacuum cleaner, and I don't like that type of approach because I don't think their algorithm's necessarily strong enough or in tuned with the recommendations that they put on to filter out some of the crap. Also, the way Amazon or the way that Netflix displays, like because you watched identity thief now you must watch every single fucking chick comedy it's like no 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 that was once stop trying to profile me 
profile me off my other shit, off my documentaries and stuff like that. But anyways, I'm just bitching. I just think that, um, I just think that Amazon needs to cut down, uh, or Netflix needs to cut down a little bit because they're going a bit crazy. But their comedies are, their, their comedy, uh, the stand-ups are good for sure. But if you haven't seen the uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, Who is America, check that out. And if you haven't seen Last Chance You on Netflix, definitely check that, that out. And if you haven't seen All or Nothing on Amazon Prime, definitely check that out. But I just gave you a couple more subscriptions to buy if you don't have them. Um, so take that or leave it. Um, what else do I want to talk about? Oh, yeah, the UFC. We got, a, we got an event this weekend. I'm not going to do a show um, in a, just for this because it's fucking fight night. Um, but there are uh, three good, the top three um, fights on the card are very good. Uh, that being, uh, Joanna Yanjercek is fighting Tisha Torres, which is a bit of a strange one for me. Um, I don't, can't remember if they fought or not before. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, if Tisha can take her down, it could be a tough go for Joanna. Depends what kind of headspace she's in. Um, after losing to Rose so we'll see but uh, if she can stay on her feet then Joanna will carve up her face and that will be devastating to watch uh, we'll see we'll see what kind of Joanna comes back and how much those losses have affected her um, the co-main event is I mean, how's Jose Aldo still ranked number two anyways um, it's Jose Aldo versus Jeremy Stevens. Jeremy Stevens recently called out Brian Ortega, which is like, why the fuck is he going to fight Jeremy Stevens? Um, there's nothing for him to gain off that, which he's already explained on other shows. But Jeremy Stevens is fighting uh, Jose Aldo. If he beats Joe, Jose Aldo, he's got more of a claim to have that fight. Uh, but hopefully by then they'll figure something out for Ortega because he just wants to have a fucking title fight, which he deserves, and he's murked all these other guys anyways. Um, so, yeah. That's going to be an interesting fight. Uh, I mean, if Jeremy Stevens cracks him, we know what happens. He's a banger. Um, we'll see what kind of version all those uh, shows up. You know, if, if, a, if a good Aldo shows up, if a traditional Aldo shows up, if a motivated Aldo shows up, he is a motherfucker and expect him to win. Um, but Jeremy Stevens is a banger. He's a brawler. He's a fucking scrapper and he's got cardio for days. So we'll see what happens with that. My dog's going mental because I think somebody is outside. And the final uh, fight we're going to cover is the main event, which is uh, Eddie Alvarez, Dustin Poirier. So... This is number three versus number four, I think. Let me just have a quick quick gander on that. Um, yeah. Let me, <coughs> sorry. So, there was a, there was a, these guys fought, fought before and it was a no contest because I think of a hematoma or something like that. Um, but then Eddie Alvarez came back and beat Justin Gaethje. That was a fucking slobber knocker. Um, and now these these guys are having a rematch, a rematch, looking for you know something definitive in terms of a result. Um, let me just have a quick look here. Yeah, so Poirier beat Pettis and then Gaethje as well. So these guys are right on track to be fighting each other again. It's a good rematch. Um, it should be a hell of a fight. Uh, Poirier's looked on point. I think he wins this fight. Uh, personally, I think Eddie Alvarez is uh, is just getting to that point now where you know things are affecting him more, damage is affecting him more, maybe he's slowing down half a crack. He, you know, everybody claims that they're in the best shape of their life, at the best, you know, always at the pinnacle, uh, you know, so on and so forth. But I just think that I, I think it, I think it's time for Eddie Alvarez now. I think I think he's on the back nine. Personally, I don't think he's ascending anymore. Uh, maybe that's a bit of a harsh criticism, but that's just my personal opinion. And I think that Dustin Poirier takes that, and I think he takes that by TKO. So, um, yeah, that's. I think that's it, guys. Fucking, I was kind of rushing through that. I don't know why. Maybe it was because my dog started barking and being a little asshole. Samson, chill out, bud. Um, 
Love that little fucker. Uh, so yeah, I think we're gonna get the fuck out of here. This is it for the week, by the way, cause um, cause I am back to back to back. Uh, for the rest of it. So I don't think I'm going to have another chance to do uh, anything else this week. So it's just the one episode, uh, but that's it. So episode 46, put the world to right on Trump's, put the world to right on kids meds, fucking hit it and quit it. Under an hour, no problem. Go out, enjoy the sunshine. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. We will be back next week with something. I don't know what the fuck we're going to be talking about, but we're going to be talking about something. So you guys have a good weekend and we'll be back next week to do episode 47 and maybe 48 depending on how froggy we feel so until next time guys all the best <laughs>